So we uh, we cut away to a totally different scene now. It's somewhere in the desert, and Stephen Steele is is being escorted by the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, some bad shit happened. And Stephen Steele's like, they signed a waiver. Rah! Like, <laughs> like I'm not legally liable for any murders that happen on this race. And he's like, yeah, but you've got to see this. And for some reason, Stephen Steele has chosen to bring his 14-year-old his child bride with him. Um, and yeah, so we get this. There's a revolver with... At first, it really does read like an intestine. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, intestines. Yeah, it still does. Um, I keep looking at but it. But it's it turns out it's a bloody rope, right? Do we know it's that? It's a tampon string. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. It, at this, and it, there's like uh, several of them, like, and it turns out there's like a bunch of bodies with these ropes coming away from them, and Stephen Steele's like horrified by this, and he's like, "Return my wife to the train station." <laughs> Get her out of here. An iconic line. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. How did you bring her? And he's like, who the hell are these people? Why are there three of them? And you know, just classic questions that one would ask. <laughs> Steven Steele is us at this point. And it's like, these were participants in the race. We don't fucking know. We found them like this. Like, I mean, again, this is him being the speed wagon of this arc. Yeah, right? I was going to say, Steven Steele is like pedophile speed wagon. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. am I wrong? Yeah. yeah. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. I'm Darius Kazemi. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And my cat just jumped into my lap right when I said that. So if you heard a little jingle, it was Link saying hi. Today, we are going to talk to you about Mountain, Mountain Tim. Yes, it is Mountain Tim. I'm like, I wrote in my notes, Mount Tim. <laughs> Mount Tim. Yeah. We're going to talk to you about Everyone Ma- wants to Mount Tim, though. So <laughs> We're going to talk about Mountain Tim's unique brand of forensic science. Yes. That's our, I got there. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm imagining like a CSI spinoff with Mountain Tim as yeah. the lead in CSI SBR. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're covering chapters 12 through 14 today of Steel Ball Run. Uh, and that opens with Gyro Zapelli winning the first stage. And then not winning. And then very quickly having that victory taken away from him. Torn from him. Which is fine. It's, no. I know. Well, <laughs> if you've read a piece of fiction before, sometimes the protagonist has to suffer defeat early in order to overcome that, in order to attain victory later. So, yeah, so Gyro won first place but he used a weapon which again Stephen Steele explicitly said that you could use guns the constitution does not protect your right to bear balls, balls. Right. <laughs> the right to bear balls not a well bald populace I do know. like I like that uh, Sandman when he finishes it's like me after a workout he's just like chugging all the water and eating all the food. Well, he needs it to do the superhuman running. Yeah, exactly. And I also appreciate that Stephen Steele's henchman is like, sir, we've got information. Uh, it might surprise you to learn that someone with the last name of Zappelli is from Italy. Or actually, they don't even know he's from Italy. They know he came over from Italy. Right. right like, pretends to be shocked. But also, like, other... So you're saying he's not a cowboy or a gunman, but like they've had other people from other countries. So I like, know. I'm not it's totally sure why this is so controversial. Very inconsistent. But anyway, the point is, is that they, they take his his victory away from him. I'm having a very hard time getting uh, wound up about people having uh, things stolen from them because we're recording this on the day that Biden was confirmed as winning the U.S. presidential election. And I'm like, that was 100% valid and uh 
I'm not sad about it. So yeah, no, like I think by this time in our podcast, it's very unlikely that anyone is going to be listening to us talking about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure who's like, wow, I can't believe they didn't support Trump for the election. <laughs> <laughs> so the new winner is Sandman because yes. Gyro has been demoted 20 places. Yeah, that, that seems is a little such excessive. an intense demotion. For using a ball as a weapon. <laughs> if Simply if the ball had been able to shoot bullets, he would right. have gotten away with it. Yeah. But again, I'm like, Iraqi, you're not wrong about America's love affair with the six shooter. Right. It's true. So like, it's like, I feel like this is a very accurate roast. His right. constant it's... satire of America's obsession with guns is in fact accurate. Anything's yes. legal. If it's, if it's done with a gun. If it's yeah. A gun. yeah really. And so we already know that this makes Sandman first place, Dio second, Pocoloco third. Apparently mountain Tim was just in there somehow and just managed to get fourth place uh, yep. as a result. Mountain he's Tim. just mountain a Tim. good guy. Mountain yeah, Tim. Yeah, mountain Tim. I, I got to point <laughs> out, Tim. like, that top button on his shirt is doing a lot of work. <laughs> it's, like, barely holding <laughs> in his pecs. It's like, you know the one character in Fire Emblem Three Houses who, like, his shirt is, like, popping open? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Raphael? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's that. Also, I have to point out his bolero tie is a daisy. Yes. It's incredible. <laughs> so on the next page, we get one of my favorite pages in all of Steel Ball Run, which Heck is yes. which is the ranking page. And we will see these for most stages of the race, if not all, I believe. I love this. I remember like laying, I didn't have a bed frame in my old apartment for like many years. And I remember like laying on my mattress on the floor with my like little shitty Kindle fire the first time I read this, like zooming in on every little rectangle on this page and reading it. So in addition to the people we know about, we've got a Stroheim in here. F.V. F. Ferdinand von Stroheim. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I wonder yeah. if that Stroheim in this timeline will also become a robot who wishes it weren't a Nazi. Well, I don't think so because this is set so far back in the past. That's true. Robots weren't even invented then. Yeah. And um, <laughs> except for scans, <laughs> which are robots. And neither at this point were Nazis. He'd have to live a little bit Maybe longer. his son will become a sad Nazi robot. It's possible. Probably. We have... Hot Pants. We have Hot Pants riding one of my favorite horse names, uh, Europe Express. That's a that's a Kraftwerk okay. reference, which I love. Dixie uh, Chicken. Dixie Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, and then we've got these Boom Booms, who we'll hear about later. Foxy Lady. These are all such good horse names. And those are all uh, Jimi Hendrix songs, all, all three of those that they're writing. And these all have, like, different countries that people are from. So, like, why is it a yeah. big deal that Gyro is from Italy? Right. Zenyatta Mandata is is here and is from India. And uh, Writing Roxanne. Uh, yep. We've got a Russian Baba Yaga. We have Mrs. Robinson here. We have... Someone named Nellyville writing country grammar. Which is great. Now um, going to have that song stuck in my head for another 24 we hours. We have Norisuke Higashikata. I wonder if that person has any relation to uh, A.U. Josuke yeah. Higashikata. Sloop John B. writing A Catch a Wave, which are both Beach Boys songs. Barry White. Yeah, and then and then Love Unlimited, which is Yukako's stand, right? Oh, so. yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. We've got Inglacius. Yeah. Uh, writing Natalie. I like that it's like, instead of Enrique, it's Natalie and Glacier. <laughs> it's funny. And it's like specifically like different kinds of horses, although I don't know enough about horses to know 
anything about what that means or not. For all we know, Iraqi could have invented like four types of horses here. These all sound like real horses to me. But yes, I don't know. Checks out. Yep. Horse girls right in. Yep. Yeah. Tell yeah, us exactly. about the horses. Please. So Gyro's mad and he walks up to the to the victory station where everyone has champagne ready to go and he slams the steel ball down and starts spinning the steel ball on the white tablecloth. Steven Steele's basically like, say something. He's like, got nothing. It's fine. And walks off. And then... And he's like drooling with rage. Yeah. Right. Imagine like how menacing this would be if you're just like standing in a place and all of a sudden this guy comes over with this ball and just is like spin and just spinning it and like like ball glaring. You'd be like... I'm afraid of this man. And then all of the champagne bottles start to pop off. This is very much like our introduction to Joseph Joestar with the Coke bottle, where he uses Hammond to pop the uh, the cap off. But yeah, instead it's thousands of dollars in champagne. It's rules. Welcome to the resistance, Gyro Zapelli. <laughs> and one of the... <laughs> And I don't think this is intentional, but one of the corks like bounces off of one of the henchmen's heads and hits the water tower and ends up bursting the like the water tower, the water yeah. tower reserve. And then I wouldn't underestimate Gyro's. That's true. Yeah. Aim. But then this is where Gyro says, "I feel better now." Hey, Johnny, want to come to the next stage? <laughs> Take Sorry, it you to can't the next see level. me. This is great radio, but I was just waggling my eyebrows up and down. It's very suggestive (laughs) on the radio. And Johnny's like, yes. Johnny's like, dot, dot, dot. And then Gyro's like, work those muscles. Yeah, lesson two, work those muscles. And I have to point out, this is maybe the most clenched Iraqi has ever drawn somebody's ass. Yeah. I love how in all of these reactions, Johnny's face is just like, (gasps) yeah, like completely. I can't believe this man is paying attention to me. Well, also just sprung. I mean, look at his ass. Just completely sprung. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how else one would draw getting an erection, but. Just wait for part eight. Mm. (laughs) And then, and then we learn some weird spin rules, which is apparently, I mean, we've seen this before where like the weird ripples appear in people's skin. Apparently spin can make the skin move without like independently, completely independently of the muscle underneath the skin. I. Sure. I think this is one of those things that's going to work better in animation, honestly. But yeah, I feel like there's a lot of kind of like pushing around like with ripples and stuff. I also think this is one of those things where I'm like, when they try to explain to me why using a foam roller works, they're like, (laughs) you know, it's not your muscle muscles. It's the muscles that hold your skin to your muscles. And I'm like, sure. (laughs) But then uh, Johnny grabbed earlier one of the corks and he opens his hand and he looks at the cork. And it's still spinning in his hand. And then he clenches around it. And then his whole self kind of spins around the cork. And he's on the ground. And then Gyro's like, and that's how you get off a horse. If you remember, lesson one was how you get on the horse using spin. And lesson two is how you get off the horse using spin. By clenching those muscles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, all right, so let's win this race together. And Johnny's like, again, he's like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah, it's like it's, it's just great. His whole face is just one big ellipsis, essentially. Yes. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, but Gyro's like, it's going to be a one two finish and I'll be first, which again, <laughs> it's just everything that comes out of that guy's mouth. Uh, God. He's not a nice guy. Yeah. 
He's like really okay. So for my thesis, I'm reading a lot about romance novels, like a lot about romance novels, because listeners, I'm writing my master's thesis about Hallmark Christmas movies. And there's this trope, like the way that like old kind of like you're absolutely like the trashy romance novel with Fabio on the cover that you're picturing right now. The way that the arc works is that like you have the the heroine and then the heroine meets the person who will be the hero. But when she meets him, he has to like start off as like really cruel and distant and like a complete like asshole. And then over Sudere, the course basically, of the story. Right? Yeah, but like but but like not more, even there's not a no, warm not, center. It's more toxic masculinity yeah. than Tsundere. And he has to be changed and, by her love. Yeah. And so her like feminine, emotional, like passionate side, like it shows that like she Like, even though she maybe went against, like, what a woman should be in some way, like, she really is a true woman and can, like, mold this man into a man who feels things. But so I just love, like, while I'm reading all this crap, watching this and just being like, oh, my God, this is is a trashy romance novel where Johnny is the heroine. And, like, I know it. I know it intellectually, but, like, seeing it as I'm going is really something. Yeah. No, it's, so here's Gyro being the cruel, reticent hero. Yeah. And, and then Johnny's going to, like, mother Gyro into being yeah. a, a warm, affectionate. A soft, a soft nice, nice, Husband protective. material. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then. I mean, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Gyro is husband material. Yeah. But yeah, and they're like, we can't figure this out, but it's a murder. So now, so up to this point, it's been a race. And now there's something else going on during the race. Right. So now we've got a murder It's like our second, it's like our first wrinkle in the the overall plot. And they're like, this, they're like, we suspect one of the other participants, which again, I thought the whole deal was that they could kill each other. And that was fine. But I guess because someone killed them in a weird way. And with rope, not a gun. Now we care. (laughs) We don't have a right to bear rope. Yeah, exactly. If it had been like in a fair duel. With with witnesses, that would be fine. But since it's like a mystery and they're hiding it, now they want to track the person. I'm just, I have to. Maybe the the person wouldn't even get in trouble. Maybe they just want to know. That's possible. Yes. So that's the end of the chapter, basically. It's like, dun, dun, dun. It's one of the participants of the race. And they're like, the culprit's still out there. We do get to see Gyro and Johnny, like, chilling together on the ground. Drinking. And that's uh, important. And just chilling. To me. And then in the next chapter, Stephen Steele is like, the race must continue. It's too late. Not even the president can stop the race now. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, we're because the again, I thought that they could just take each other out, and that was one of the risks. And and yet the sheriff is like, maybe you should shut it down. And he's like, absolutely not. It's going to continue as normal. We're not going to tell anybody anything. And I'm like, what would you tell? I thought it was a risky race. Anyway, I mean inconsistencies in the first <laughs> I, twenty chapters yeah, of an Iraqi yeah, yeah. story. But yeah, but then the horses all start acting weird and bowing, and that's because Mountain Tim is coming around and. All horses show respect to Mountain Tim. It's li- it's exactly like like Jupiter ascending with the with bees. the bees, and they know that they re- they recognize royalty. It's like Mountain Tim is horse royalty. Uh, <laughs> Mountain Tim is horse, <laughs> horse royalty. royalty. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, like everything. I don't. I fucking love Mountain Tim. I don't know, and I know he's I, a mysterious fellow. I mean, and yet Mountain Tim then immediately turns around and does something extremely creepy, which is like hits on the 14 year old. Everyone loves Stephen Steele's 14 year old wife. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, he kind of does have that vibe as a dude who would scam on. 
I mean, a child. Brian. I mean, this is where he's like most whole horse. Yes, me. that's true. But yeah, are that's you true. actually married? It's a shame. Why would you say that? To the literal child. Because it's 1890 and he's a, uh, a straight cowboy. That's <sighs> <laughs> uh, good thing. Good thing our main characters are not straight cowboys. I guess. Exactly. Um, they could not care less about the 14-year-old child bride. I, I still really like his outfit, though. I mean, yeah. But yeah, also, yeah, he's a creep who is, like, revered by creeps. So I guess... That's just how yeah, exactly. you're going to be. Like he's he's some fucking like like no teen boy puts posters of like a cool guy in their room. Yeah. Right. Also, and the fact this that, is like, the guy that like teen boys put posters of in their room, being like, I want to be like him, but then they secretly like look at him while they're jerking off. And then like the sheriff and Stephen Steele are like, oh, thank God, Mountain Tim is here. So I'm just like, well, these are not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stephen Steele is a fan of him. Well, so like that already should tell you. Well, and Mountain Tim tells us about an old Indian legend about a shooting star that fell in the desert and the land became tainted and anyone who goes there is cursed and And gets mysterious powers that are possibly alien in nature which again i I really like how slowly iraqi and like how many different characters are giving us weird little pieces of information i I love the callback here when he's talking about the guy who um uh who who kills himself eventually, but does some murders first. Uh, he, he went there because he went there looking for emerald ore. And I like that callback because Sandman pays for his oh, entry yeah. with an emerald. And so that's like, oh yeah, Sandman was in this weird part of the desert. Like it's just, that it's just a nice emerald. It ties yeah. it up. It's tight. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that like David Productions would do to, to, fix. to fix it. Something, yeah, but, but already, Iraqi was already on yeah. it, which is nice. And yeah, Mountain Tim's kind of looking around and he's like, all right, it's these horseshoe prints with this little divot. And like the horse went out of control after seeing blood and then these follow these ones. <laughs> after seeing human blood, the horse has a taste for human flesh. <laughs> like, like, what are you it, talking I don't know. about? <laughs> Mountain Tim Forensics, okay? He knows horses. Yeah. They like, know him. Yeah. I love Mountain Tim Forensics. I desperately want a show. where You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of, you know, in that one episode of X-Files where – um, with the vampires where they go to the town and it's like Luke Wilson. No, plays. because I've only seen three episodes. No, but I kind okay. of always imagine Luke Wilson as Mountain Tim. So, so Luke like just- Wilson plays. So it's it's a Rashomon episode. Mm. So like Scully and Mulder both tell yeah, like, okay. their accounts of what happened. And when Scully tells it, it's like Luke Wilson looking handsome. And when <laughs> Mulder tells it, it's Luke Wilson looking like a, a hick. And Scully, like, embarrassingly hitting on him. Amazing. And I imagine, and, like, he's the, the like, sheriff, but they, and they don't have, like, a forensics person. So, like, Scully performs the autopsy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, anyway, I imagine, like, that as Mountain Tim. I feel like <laughs> Joe Exotic thinks he looks like Mountain Tim. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's correct. He had Mountain Tim's poster up in his in his room as a kid, and that's how he realized he was gay. He thinks that tigers uh, respect him and, and bow their heads when he enters yes. a room. I feel like so. everyone who owns a tiger thinks Probably that. Probably thinks that, yeah. Um, <laughs> True. That's what I think about Oliver. Um, <laughs> so Oliver does not respect you. I don't know how to tell, I hate to tell you that. He loves you, but he does not respect you. (laughs) So Mountain Tim does a Joseph Joestar level rope trick here. He like opens the bottle with his lasso. I'm just imagining 
incredible rope sounds for when oh, yeah. it's animated finally. It's going to be really sweet. I'm going to get that button, the bee jeans button. I feel like if I was more on it, I would know like what brand that's a I think it stands to. for best genist personally. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a Billie Jean reference I could, based yeah, on like yeah. Rocky's whole deal. But yeah, so it's clearly like s- somewhere out there, someone is missing a button. <laughs> but I mean, in, in that old like part four, you yeah. know, Kira suit button identification yeah. hijinks right. way. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's going to come back. I actually don't remember. <laughs> There's a great, Neither do a I. great deal of steel ball run that I do not yeah. remember at all. It's dense. Then we get a sort of smash cut, and the second stage is about to start yeah. of the race. Well, yeah, because, I mean, there is a race still going There's on race going in the on. midst of all this. So yeah. we're at the second stage now. Um, now we're going to get to start worrying about water. Right. Resources. It's time for resources. The desert, my friends. Yeah. We're finished with the tutorial stage, and now, now we have to ration our well, resources. And this is the first real stage because it's 1,200 kilometers long. It's, like, going right. to take a long time for them to get through this grueling desert stage. And yeah, I like that Johnny's like, all right, I'm going to learn to read this map. It's going to be a battle over water holes. I'm responsible. I care about our bodies and our well-being. And Gyro's like, fuck it, whatever. We're cool. It's cool. He's like, lighten up. It's fine. He's like, "Uh, anyway, uh, what about Mountain Tim's shitty outfit, huh? Yeah, fuck that hat. Huh? Me and my great hat think his hat sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed his weird hat? Well, have you? Well, have you? Well, have you? Well, have you? (laughs) He's actually really popular and he's a cowboy and like he's got like a lot of skills. And and Gyro's like, I think it's his fucking weird hat. Pay attention to me insulting his hat. (laughs) I love when Gyro's like, these people don't know what the fuck they're talking yeah. about when he's like the number nine favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I should be more popular. I do love Gyro wanting Johnny's attention and yeah. Johnny not paying attention to him. Because Johnny's trying to like save their literal lives. Yeah. But it's like when my dad's trying to tell a joke and he's no one laughs and he's like, but the joke I just told, I'm going to say it again. And no one laughs, <laughs> yeah. again. Like, but come on. And yeah, so of course, Gyro, after being like, Johnny, let's win this race together. And Johnny's like, yeah, okay. Gyro's like, I'm just going <laughs> to take off into the middle of the desert alone now. Bye. And Well, first he tells the story about oh, the... Yeah. Yo, because he's, he's like, yeah, we really should care about the water because, uh, you know, like a bunch of people have died in the middle of the yeah. desert. Their eyes dried up. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah, there was like a whole... A whole army cavalry unit that yeah. just died. I don't know. I love the panel where the sun is depicted as a skull, and it just reminds me of the sun in part three. And I like to think of it as instead of them trying to get to a watering hole, they're getting to a solar powered jack shack, personally. They're, <laughs> I think they're racing that for the they, one. maybe the, the very first solar powered jack shack in, in history. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And also, Johnny's like, looks at his hand and he's like, this cork, how do I get it to spin? How do I get it to spin? But yeah, and then Gyro is just like, Bye. Yeah. And just takes the fuck off. Which is exactly what he did in the first stage, too. Except in the first stage, he hadn't told Johnny they were going to win together. (laughs) (laughs) He's not a nice man. And then... But he could be with some work. He just needs to find the right woman. Yeah. And then someone else is following Johnny. And that man is Mrs. Robinson. That man sure is Mrs. Robinson. I will try to, like, keep this analogy short. So if you ever watched The West Wing, there was a character called Josh Lyman, and the same actor who played Josh Lyman 
also played one of the main characters on the very short-lived Aaron Sorkin show, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Do not recommend watching it, by the way. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> recommend a lot of Aaron Sorkin in general. As someone who's never watched an Aaron Sorkin show, I have no regrets in life. But when they were interviewing Bradley Whitford, the actor, about playing his character on Studio 60, he was like, look... I played Josh Lyman for a long time, but like when I read this script, like the character, you know, is written by the same writer and he seems to have a lot of the same, like similar traits. And like as an actor, I'm not going to like go out of my way to like make the character markedly different if it's not on the page. I'm not going to give him like a funny accent or something just to make it distinct from Josh Lyman, you know, for no reason. Like if it's not motivated for anything, just so that people don't think it's the same he's like so yeah he might seem a lot like josh lyman because it's a similar type of character and it was written by the same writer you know i'm not gonna like hide that and i feel the like similarly about mrs robinson where it's like iraqi was like yeah might look a lot like a bakio <laughs> i don't see a reason why not to draw a character to look a lot like a bakio it's good character and design. Why not, re- why not reuse it, so, you know? <laughs> and so he shows up at the end of 13, and at the start of 14, he's, like, there. So Kitty's out. Yeah, can we talk about his his outfit here? Please. I love, like, how his horse is covered in, like, sort of, like, off-white belts. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking, yep. I was that's like, a, this a true love precursor yep. to off-white. And honestly, if off-white would have the guts to make some, like, one-off true love off-white belts, I would... Four horses? I would yeah, buy them. for horses. Because I actually, like, I like some I of off-white stuff, but I think the off-white belts <laughs> in particular are just... I, I've yet to see a person wear them where they are wearing the belt and the belt is not wearing that's them. why that's why it needs to be on a horse because yeah the horse is big enough uh, and powerful enough to not be enough. overpowered yeah. by the by the look it's true yeah but some very abacchio style sort of open vest to a, a draped sort of open skirt type thing Abakio style gender. Very yeah. strong Abakio style gender. I feel like we can kind of roll the dice with any pronouns. I really yeah. like their eyeball earrings. Yeah, I do too. It's like, uh, it looks like, oh no, they do have them, but they're like, they're so long that they look asymmetrical. Yeah, but they're great. I like their asymmetrical makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just all about Mrs. Robinson. Like, Mrs. I'm, Robinson I'm, is definitely like into like gender fuckery. Oh, like, yeah. You know. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really interested as to like how Mrs. Robinson got their name. Like, is it a drag stage name? Like, the, right, or is their sat, first name like, Mrs. Right. Or like, and their middle name are they Robinson? married? Or are they married to a, a Mr. Robinson of some kind? <laughs> is there kind? another Mrs. Robinson? Right. Is, or is there another like, Mrs. Robinson? Like, this is a, kind of an open inquiry into Mrs. Robinson's whole deal. This is also where Johnny goes, uh, so far this route has been filled with nothing but weirdos. <laughs> I'm like, you're one to talk, Johnny. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, Johnny, my hair is little horse ears out of my bandana. I'm wearing like a... A, a horseshoe s- on my head. And yeah. like a, a star-speckled bodysuit. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. yeah. N- normal guy. Over yeah, here. <laughs> total normal, normal look. Following a guy to touch his balls. Yeah. Definitely a guy not, who a, is not a weirdo. Head to toe covered in slitted clothing and grills with his own name on it. So after we meet 
we get the Mrs. Robinson stuff. We get more uh, married couple arguing between Gyro and Johnny about uh, we should go this we should go this way or that way. And Gyro's like looking at the map, and then he's like, "Eh, we should go this way." Maybe it's adorable. <laughs> I love yeah. I love maybe right. And like in Japanese, I assume he's saying taboon, which means maybe and probably, with like an emphasis on probably. So it makes kind of more sense where he's like, "I'm almost sure." And I love when oh, Johnny's sure. just like, did you just say maybe? Yeah. What? What? Uh, I also love good. when Johnny has to remind Gyro that they're rivals. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they suddenly start getting attacked out of nowhere with tiny holes. Yeah. Uh, Gyro gets a free piercing. Uh, ear piercing. <laughs> very a badly free, done. A few. Pe- yeah. Very. Several badly done piercings. Piercing. Just like. Not the last time we'll get uh, aggravated body horror. We do. We do get a really. It's like one of the first times. We do get a lovely full page splash of his face, though. It's it's very beautiful. But yeah, so yeah, it's like cacti shooting needles at them. Darius, did you say you have cactus science? I do. So what? So what they say is that I remember hearing a story of a type of cactus that's able to shoot out its needles called um, I don't know if it's chola or choya. How many L's are there? There's two L's, but I don't know if it's a Spanish mm-hmm. word or if it's like Latin or something. So, but uh, let's say Choya. Right. And uh, and he says when an animal draws close to it as a response to the vibrations in the air, the needles will pop off from the plant. So that's that is a real legend about that type of cactus. But of course, the cactus doesn't actually respond to vibrations and shoot its needles. What happens is it's a cactus that just has um, very loosely connected needles, essentially, so that it's very easy for the needles to stick to things when they walk by. So what usually happens is someone walks by, doesn't even notice that they've been attached, they've been needled, and then by the time they're a little bit far away, they notice the needles, and it's like, oh, was I shot? So that's where the legend comes from, but it's just it's just a very um, easy to grab onto people's clothing and skin and stuff uh, type of cactus needle. See, I was just doing my usual approach to reading, which was taking Iraqi at his word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, cactus is shooting needles. That's that makes sense. Yeah, so they think it's a it's a cactus trap, and they're like, what the hell's going on here? But it turns out it's a person. Dun dun. Done. And it's Mrs. Robinson, of by course, the way. It's Just, Mrs. Robinson. You know, FYI. Mrs. Robinson being a completely normal person <laughs> in the universe of JoJo's bizarre adventure, the alternate universe, grows bugs in their eye. And when they realize that that's what's going on, Gyro is like, finally, someone who thinks the same way I do. And I'm just like, what? Well, so I, yeah, I mean, Mrs. Robinson's backstory was like bonkers. Is bonkers. Like, I guess they were chained to a cactus. I guess it's similar to what um, uh, 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 Jotaro did to that guy in the desert, right? Left him. Is it, wasn't that Joseph? Oh, wait, did Joseph and Jotaro both do that to someone in the desert? I don't remember what you're talking Joseph about. Joseph, when, okay, so Joseph did it. At the beginning. Oh, that's of, right. Joseph did it at the yeah. beginning of, of part two when he fought. Yeah. Um, he fought the guy before he met Santana. Right, and he left him tied to the. Oh cactus. yeah, he left him tied to a cactus. Yeah. So and so this guy. Oh uh, yeah, he lost a duel. But he lost a duel, and, and was, was tied chained to a cactus and was cursed by the cactus. <laughs> by the cactus. 
<laughs> and was brought back from the dead to be a slave to revenge. He's basically Ghost Rider. And in order to separate himself from the village, he used a technique to raise insects inside himself. <laughs> To make yourself unstoppable, that is what you do. Right, and, uh, and, and it's the insects themselves that are causing the vibrations that make the cactus. So, not, so the fact that he's a cursed undead person is not relevant. It's just the insect part. <laughs> he is, well, maybe he can only, insects can on, like, only want to live inside him because he's dead. And cursed by a cactus. <laughs> No, the just the dead part. I'm the imagining cursed by a cactus part. That's irrelevant. I'm imagining <laughs> cactuar here, by the way. Um, Where what is this cactus, cactus that has the power to curse people? I mean, I think that he was just in the place that curses you because you go there, also known as like the the stand granting place. Okay. Or, or that's what I would assume based on this. But yeah, totally normal guy. Just just the breeding insects inside himself and shooting them at people. My question is like does did he like wait for the right time to do this like what like was he raising them and then being like all right one day like I'm going to meet this one person and then I'm going to shoot all these insects out or was it more like the insects hatched and they happened to be around why or... is he running this race <laughs> what is his his motive here revenge <laughs> but like revenge <laughs> like how did that make him end up at the race like what? All I'm, I need. I think they kill him too quickly because I have so many. I questions. have a lot of questions. Yeah, I do. I do love that we get this response from Gyro where he goes, "You think you could just throw my steel balls to the ground and forget about them, my precious steel balls?" <laughs> also, like, but this is such an example of what we were talking about at the beginning of this season arc. Like, this character is better than so many other characters in like other JoJo's arcs and Araki just like throws it in the trash. Yeah, and also and also the way that he dies is very Joseph Joestar as well. He was like, "No, I dropped the balls on purpose. They're making the ground vibrate weirdly and now you're dead." And I'm just going to vibrate you out of existence. Yeah, it's and very so just it's like liquefies him. Yeah, it's it's very um Fist of the North Star like actually you're already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Fist of the North Star, the original JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. And like you look at Johnny, Johnny is like bleeding from his eyes and he's just like, wow, gyro, gyro. Yep. All right. And then this is where Mountain Tim shows up. Yeah. And and Mountain Tim rolls up and he's like, all right, that's Mrs. Robinson's horse. And uh, someone was clearly murdered here. But the hoof prints don't match. And so this wasn't the murder I was tracking. So I'm just going to move the fuck on because I'm Mountain Tim and I don't care. Like, so clearly murder is okay, but just not. Sometimes. Well, it's not the Mild West, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Mountain Tim has a job to do. And that job is to track down. He doesn't go off topic. I guess if you only kill one person at a time, then they assume it's a duel and they don't care. But when you kill three people and you make it messy, then... That's a good point. We know that Mrs. Robinson canonically gets into duels, so... That's true. Yeah. So I guess they assume that he, she, They. they just lost a duel. And they were vibrated to death. Right, yeah. Like, Which, again, a duel like a gun, from like a, a gun, gun that vibrates that. you out of existence. Yeah, like I'm just, well, a ball didn't do this, so it's fine. <laughs> like, what? Probably I don't, not a ball. <laughs> Araki still hasn't quite worked out the, his own rules, apparently. Right. We're, we'll, we'll get there. I mean, 
we're getting closer to, you know, we keep saying like, oh, chapter 20, chapter 20. And we are getting closer to chapter 20. Yeah. But he has also, I think part of it is he clearly decided like, okay, so like some new shit. And he hasn't really shaken out like the rules of the new shit yeah. yet. So it's like, yeah, so some hijinks, some murders. Yeah, he only just came up with the concept of murder. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, this is the guy who invented Yandere, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah, I would buy that point. he also invented murder as a literary device, too. Oh, shush. So now that's the end of, of what we're covering for now. Our next episode is going to cover 15 through 17, which is the Desert-Born Outlaws. Yeah, or the Boom Boom right. Brothers chapters, depending on your translation, I think. So we will see you next time. JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Aura, Aura, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that horses would leave for Mountain Tim. 